buy something like that? Is there a secret website? Website? What's up, fellow fans of first place FC Cincinnati? And what's up to you, peeping Tom non-fans who just want a taste of the greatness? I am your boy Sway from MTV News. Game number eight, episode 10 of Knifey Lion, Lion Radio. Radio. My name is Jonah. Follow at Knifey Lion Radio on Twitter. Go to KnifeyLionRadio.com, which is mostly there to redirect you to our online merch. I am joined by a man who is watching Premier League soccer on Satanta while you are still in diapers. It's Zach. Ah, uh, yeah. I forgot about that. There's a little set-top box, much like a uh, Roku, but all you could do is watch one channel on it. The future is now. I was going to say we're blessed to be joined by the greatest soccer player in LaSalle Lancer history, Nick from Soccer, but he is MIA, probably at Costco. We'll never know. But he enjoyed the game because he sat with us. Zach's friend Chad is currently deadlifting a Volkswagen bug, but he will be back soon as well. And he promises to watch the games. This week we get to talk about the 4-2 thrashing of ATL2. Maybe our likes and dislikes. Heavy on the likes. Evil goatee Koch has FCC scoring at will, so I'm sure he'll enjoy this week's episode of Catch Watch. We'll hear from a brand new FCC inside source. And I'm told he's a pretty big deal at MLS headquarters. We'll answer the question everyone in America is asking, did Brad Rusin play this week? We'll talk a little bit of this and that in a section I'm calling Popery. Then we'll finish the episode off with your favorite section that gets a little worse every week, and that's chance. Chance. Hoping this week can change the narrative. But before all that, this is our 10th episode, and for all of you who've been there since number one, please form a single line and spelunk with us into the John Hark's Cave of Wonders. If you're wondering, yes, I recently bought a J-H-C-O-W shirt for myself, and I'm perfectly fine with pulling a mid-90s. Jason Newstead rocking the Metallica shirt on stage whilst playing for Metallica. Go get one for yourself. Just a Dave Mustaine move also in his Megadeth shirts. Metal in general seems to be acceptable. Yeah. yeah. But of course, we couldn't bring you episode 10 without the support of this week's sponsor, Borix. Bowricks in Finneytown is giving you the freshest haircuts this side of Winton Road, whether it's a bowl cut, a parted bowl cut, a bowl cut with zigzags on the side, or a back buzz with Price Hill bangs. Bowricks has you covered. Tell any one of their amazing stylists you want a Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and they'll get started in seconds. Jonathan Lipnicki, the kid from Jerry Maguire? They can do it. Ben Savage, yes. Ryder Strong, of course. Fred Savage, no. Jonathan Brandis, RIP, do you even need to ask? So if your baggy sweater and Airwalk sneakers are looking fresh, but your mop is not, come on in to Bowricks, Winton Road, Infinitown, today. I would just like to add, I think Nick from Soccer is currently wearing a pair of Airwalks. <laughs> That's not a joke. With big socks. You could have defended yourself if you were here. And, and a long sleeve flannel with a sweatshirt hood on it back. i think they sell airwalks at payless still so let's recap. recap back at home a little bit of rain no big deal 
little swamp ass. So yeah, after that midweek game in Indy, some of the heavy hitters are back, including Richie Ryan. Deckel Kanan is back. Walker and Bone on the wings. Blake Smith, Justin Hoyt, Spencer Richie still out there because apparently Evan Newton is crocked. Is what? Crocked. What does that mean? It's injured. Team's clearly feeling confident after two straight wins. Scoring boatloads of goal. ATL2, just from looking from the stands, they looked much younger. And they are much younger. Featured one player I know, U.S. under-20 international, Andrew Carlton, who was rocking the uh, Last Samurai David Beckham ponytail up top, looking slightly douchey. What did you think (laughs) about the starting lineup? Got all the heavy hitters back. Yeah, I think it's the lineup we expected. The only thing... I wasn't sure of is if Koenig would come back or not. Because I thought Welshman had a really good game in Indy. So, you know, you watch the game. After a little bit of this, that, here, there, everywhere. <laughs> Soccer stuff on the pitch. 26th minute. Danny Koenig scores the goal of his life. Kenny Walker plays a beautiful through ball to Ledesma. I thought Ledesma was going to take the shot on himself. And he slowed down and slowed down. And then finally... Picks out Koenig in front of an open goal. Tap in. I will say, also, we were dominating before that, too. It was the best we looked, I think. Yeah, you could tell from the jump. I think immediately in my head, I thought, okay, we should win this game. My confidence was sky high just after a few minutes, so it was good to put the goal in there. And then not more than two minutes later... Blake Smith plays a ball. Could have been intended for Danny Koenig, who was in an offside position. Danny Koenig. (laughs) Finds its way through three or four ATL defenders to a streaking Emmanuel Ledesma, who is one-on-one with the keeper. I think everyone in my section was curious how he got so wide open. It made more sense on the replay, but Cooley finished it in the corner as ATL's players stood around, staring in awe at the amazingness of FCC. And we were up to nothing just like that, and... Yeah, he, Once again, uh, we were clicking. He did. If you looked away for a second, he looked like he was a mile off sides when he picked up the ball. But if you watch the replay, it's clearly on. And I do think the pass was intended for him because he sticks his hand in the air and calls for it. Plus, Blake Smith, I thought, was just on his game last night. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say... Fair enough. Yeah, Blake Smith looked good all game long. And I think that was definitely the highlight of the game for him. 31st minute. We let ATL back in the game. Some sloppy defending. Ball bouncing around. We couldn't get it cleared. Put it home at close range. Yeah, there's not a lot of lots of dislike in the game, but that was garbage defending, really. Yeah, one of our issues lately is uh, some lackluster clearances and kind of being our own worst enemy. If we could just get that um, bottled up a little bit, we'd be fucking unstoppable. 39th minute, Corbin Bone gets the ball at the top of the box. Makes some stuff happens. Has a rip. Could have taken a slight deflection. Either way, it was a goal. And Corbin Bone continues to be on fire. And uh, we went up 3-1. And you figured that was all she wrote. But then the goals just keep coming. This is still the first half, folks. 41st minute. Mr. Reliable. Invincible. Justin Hoyt with a poor headed clearance right in front of our own goal. Drops to Lawrence Kissadu. Fires one that's deflected, leaving Spencer Ritchie stuck to the ground as he'd already tried to go the other direction. Watching it live from section 122. Don't find me. I was curious if Ritchie had just guessed horribly and was in the wrong. But after watching the replay, it was definitely deflected. He had no chance. Score was 3-2 to two, and you started to wonder, could we really blow this game that we were totally dominating? I'll answer that question because I just thought we looked so good the whole game. 
I always still felt comfortable that we'd get another goal. I did too, but I'm trying to add some drama <laughs> to the recap. Sorry. I'm sorry. We took that into halftime. Another amazing halftime show. I think this week they decided to do a penalty kick contest, and that was refreshing. Right after half, though, still getting our bearings. People still get into their seats. The 48th minute, the keeper plays a beautiful clearance straight to Ledesma outside the box, and I don't think he could believe it, and um, finished it home. For his second goal, plus an assist. 4-2, that was the score then. Miraculously, there were no more goals for either team at that point, And that is the way the game finished. Yeah, I thought the second half was much like the first. And we just dominated the whole time. Um, I'm surprised there weren't more goals. Yeah, Welshman came in for Ledesma. And then LaHood came in for Jimmy. And I thought, while LaHood was in the game, we had this one spell of play that was maybe our best passage of the season I don't know how many passes we strung together. The Olays were starting in our section. We just looked great, and then Lahoud blew the final ball. But, yeah, I thought we looked really good. I was thinking about it, too. If someone didn't watch him play on Wednesday, they might have watched last night and thought that he was garbage because he had a few bad passes, but I just still thought he looked really good despite those. And I think if he would have had a little more time to settle in, he would have made those passes. There was one, I think, Welshman gave him a stare down because he went for the long ball and that didn't come off. Welshman's in no position to judge because he did get at least one one-on-one with the keeper. Could not put it home. He did have a few looks and I wouldn't have been surprised if he had gotten at least a goal. But that just shows we were getting in amazing positions. And yes, uh, LaHood did have some bad passes, but he just looks, uh, he never looks rattled, never looks nervous. And no, he was, he, it just the passes didn't come off as yeah, well. He always game. is. And he can see, you know, when you're up in the stands, you can see things that maybe the players can't see and you like point out like they're there and he sees it and like it doesn't always it didn't always come off but like he's playing the right ball every time you always want to find him with the ball I think uh another thing that people thought would be a big deal going into the game that ended up not really being a big deal the return of Guido the referee it seems to be a consensus that he had a pretty good game actually and it was a chippy game there was a few scrums where nothing really eventful happened but definitely a lot of pushing and shoving and nothing beyond a few yellow cards here and there and it could have been more because at least our man uh Dekel Kanon we know he loves going up to the line it's my favorite thing about him and it seemed like he was on a mission to teach young Andrew Carlton a lesson about being a proper pro. <laughs> yeah, and was, he did that mostly with shoves and forearm shivers. Yeah, it was funny. Carlton fouled Cannon real early in the game, and you just knew like he was going to teach him. <laughs> so every time he got a chance, he had a body on him. Another thing was Carlton. He's obviously a good player. You know, he plays for the first team now and then. I think. And being a U-20 international, I thought Blake Smith had him bottled up a lot down that side. And he just couldn't really do anything. Yeah, I mean, if the game plan was to not let Carlton get away with anything, then they succeeded. You could definitely tell who the veteran team was, even if you cut their heads off and couldn't see their withered old faces and the blood <laughs> splurting everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, Guido, it was fine. And uh, I enjoyed the, the Guido chance after he gave ATL a yellow card. It was nice. Everything feels better when you're winning, obviously. Being able to just laugh about Guido and not hoping to hear something profoundly shitty get screamed. It was nice and relaxing. Winning solves all. Goals solve all. So that was nice. How about the play of our man, uh, 
fan favorite, the dancing machine, Jimmy McLaughlin. I thought he was really good, actually. I thought he played better last night than he did on Wednesday. Yeah, especially towards the end of the game. Even I think it was after I said, like, you got to pull Jimmy. He's gassed. And uh, he still put a lot of good things together. The stats back it up. He was the most accurate passer on the game. Take that with a grain of salt, if you will. About 89%. He also had 10 duels, of which eight were won by him. Only lost two. Like I said, what exactly does a duel consist of? I'll let USL tell you that. But that's a positive stat. So good on Jimmy. Shout out to Alex Coons out there. Mr. Play Jimmy in the middle. I'm sure he was proud that he did well in the spot that he asked him to be. Corbin Bone, another great game. Might be man of the match if it weren't for Ledesma's amazing game. But yeah, Ledesma... I'll call him my man of the match. Uh, do you dare disagree? No, you can't. I mean, he, there was times in the game where he met, went missing, but if he scored two goals, set up a third. I would like to say, after Ledesma had such a great game, and I could take the initiative myself and not be such a Mr. Pac-Man about it, you guys know the Ledesma chant, Ledesma! You love it. You know, that game would have been a great chance for Prid, Prid North, and Diane Schlag to just show some initiative. Switch up protocol. Give me the little Desmond chant. I guess I could start it in 122, but it's mostly geriatrics and uh, small babies. So other things I liked. Uh, I mean, I liked everything. When we score four goals, it's hard to be upset, even about the, the BS stuff that happens. Um, some dislikes, Zach, please. My one dislike, and obviously I'm really happy about the game. I found it odd that we continue with two strikers um, late into the game. We're two goals up pull one of them and throw another defender on there just to be safe but that's all it's not a it's not really a dislike i just thought that's what i would do it's just all in all we're a better team and it was great to just see how obvious that was and for it to play out 10 goals in three games which i think leads us perfectly into this week's episode of Catch Watch. this is a happy Catch watch even though there's evil Koch who as was noticed by i'm sure everyone kept the goatee you can't shave it now he's kind of locked himself in until we lose or don't score at least three goals everything's working out for old man Kachi and um yeah he had a slimmer fitting shirt more sharp dress but he kept his goatee that's fine yeah he's back to his regular clothing look kept a little bit of the evil Koch alive i will put him um touring a glacier on vacation can't ask for any more you may think i'm a Koch hater because of the whole Koch watch even existing and placing him over a boiling cauldron earlier in the season but no i'm not i want him to succeed and uh we're doing well if he's doing well then we're all doing well zach what temperature do you give our man yeah, I'm right there with you. And I'll just say one thing about this pod is we're not really going to avoid a knee-jerk reaction. So yes, one week we might say something completely different than the next. Usually I'll come back the next week and it's like, man, I said this and I was totally wrong and I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I think he's completely safe. The only negative you can say about this week is we gave up four goals in two games. But really all four goals, again, were not really tactical errors just like individual mistakes and flubs, really. I don't think any of those are on Koch, and I think he did a good job rotating the lineup this week, keeping everybody fresh. So this week, it's been a while since we've had an FCC inside source, and for this week, I've been just on my two phones, dialing everyone I know, trying to get access to the heavy hitters, the people you want to hear from, and I got somebody pretty high up in MLS and... He's got some stuff to say. I'm just going to have him take it away for this week's FCC Inside Source. I probably shouldn't even be talking about this right now, but I couldn't resist. 
I know FCC fans think they just need to cross the I's and dot the T's, but in reality, there's nothing left to be done. We keep delaying their MLS bid just for the sheer fun of it. Most of us have Jeff Burning's number blocked, but he often pays random vagrants to come to MLS headquarters and scream for a decision. Are we a bunch of sadists? Most likely. Are we crushing fan spirits with each week that passes and no announcement is made? Well, I'd hope so! Someone even told Donnie that we should just accept Detroit, since it would be worth it alone to watch Cincinnati's meltdown online. I think he genuinely considered it, but then our fun would be truly over. So for now, we'll just keep pushing things back and keep high-fiving after every non-committal press release. If you ask me, this is what sports is all about, baby! FCC Inside Source. What a jerk. Yeah, nothing we didn't know, I guess. <laughs> was that Dan LaCortamanch from uh, <laughs> Head of Public Relations? Was it Don Garber? What was it Taylor Twellman? You lackey. No, I can't say. And yeah. I wouldn't. Even no, if I could. Because all Taylor Twelman does is regurgitate what Pat Brennan has already said. <laughs> and much like the goalkeeper union that bonds together <laughs> the goalkeepers, I didn't know we were keeping score. But if we are keeping score and you've got the scorebook on your notepad, who's writing the tallies down? I don't know. <laughs> Something I think about from time to time. But that's a question for the scorekeepers. <laughs> you know, I don't want to burn any bridges here. <laughs> That's like the first thing you say right before you burn a bridge. And you know, I don't usually use this term, but is Pat Brennan a little <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll bleep that so we still get to play in the, Futsal the media soccer yeah. game. Because as you know, we are media and I've got the stats to prove it. Well, he wrote in his article today, like, saying how Taylor Twelman's not really objective because he's so close to the MLS. I'm like, I would hope not. Yeah, That's why I want his information. What the fuck's that got to do with anything? <laughs> I've just never seen a reporter cry so much be- that someone else said something that they already said. Like, didn't I already predict that we'd get the bid? Why does everyone only care when Taylor Twelman <laughs> says so? I'm like, I'm sorry. You just said he's closer to the MLS than you are. Obviously, people are going to listen to him. Yeah, I like when Taylor Twelman says something because obviously he knows something so that's what gives me confidence if old tt's like i'd be shocked i'm like all right sweet yeah sorry i'm speaking merely for myself and not for the podcast as a whole well and chad yeah chad (laughs) constantly referring to pat brennan as a spoiled little rich boy (laughs) it's baseless but he does act like one pat brennan (laughs) you are officially (laughs) you are officially uninvited from taylor twelman's cave of information no more for you um but while we're talking about people that we um are being mean about real quick did Did brad rusen play this week (laughs) i don't know if you caught uh Indy 11's noon start time game against Lou City, which they gloriously won. Our man Brad Rusin got up off the pine in the 90th minute to make a rare, rare appearance in the game. And as he's waiting to come on, a different Indy 11 player injures himself in a different position. And uh, old Brad Rusin gets pulled right back down to the bench. So it was like he got hurt too, but emotionally. So to answer the question, did Brad Rusin play this week? Zach, the answer is... Absolutely not. 
No, he didn't. But you don't need to keep tweeting at Brad Rusin. I enjoy talking about Brad Rusin. It's a laugh, but uh, we don't need to include him, okay? Huh. <laughs> I'm nervous when I talk about Brad. <laughs> I'm due for a pounding, and Brad Rusin looks like the kind of fucking mega bro who might want to try to inflict he, one. He's probably friends with some cops around here. Bo Ricks doesn't exist anymore, but he looks like he might have gotten his haircut at Bo Ricks. And this week, another brand new section to fit everything else in. And that's right, folks. It's called Potpourri. Well, I'll start this week. As we've mentioned before, everyone's yours, mine, definitely Zach's favorite song, Welcome Home by OTR. FCC put out their newer version, a little more straightforward, slightly more sped up. And uh, if you thought the reaction was going to be overwhelmingly positive, then you don't have Twitter. And my man, Mr. Passive, who's now Mr. Passive Aggressive. Mr. Pac-Man. Coming in so hot, said, stop trying to push these things onto me. Bro, I know where you sit, okay? You're in my brother's section. I've seen your mop top from behind. He actually said, people from Cincinnati trying to shove a song about Cincinnati down other people from Cincinnati's (laughs) throats. (laughs) Who hurt you, <laughs> Pac-Man? Are you all right? <laughs> um, my defense of playing the song, which we don't need to get into again, just in general, as far as playing any song, is that it's interrupting this endless drone of headache-inducing, way-too-loud mashups, and you can barely have a conversation over it. And then for one minute, they play this song, and people are upset about it. Like, ah! Oh! I gotta listen to this? Oh my god. The telephone. Okay, thank God. Total vibe killer. Half the people aren't even in their seats. That could be a complaint to the people who are pro welcome home, is not enough people are in the stands. But if you're anti, dude, it's one minute and it's finally something where you might be able to look over to your loved one or partner next to you and say, Can you hear me now? And they can. So just chill out, people. All right. Zach, do you have any caves you want anyone to join this week? Now's your chance while we're in potpourri to do a cave. I know I've been really bogarting the caves so far. Um, so. No, I don't have any caves. If I, anyone's free on Thursday, Chad and I will be playing at the Northside Yacht Club. You've taken issue with anything we've said. <laughs> You'd like to confront us. I warn you, Chad missed the game last night because he was at a powerlifting competition. <laughs> so he will fuck you up. Yeah, Mr. Pac-Man just got in his car, heard that, turned the engine back off. So, all of you listening are officially welcome to the cave of the Northside Yacht Club to watch Zach's band. Spear. Spear. No, why don't you play him a little track here? So, while we're on the music tip, as the kids say, this week I've got a few chants for you. Uh, It can't be worse than last week. Uh, Musicals fell a little flat, although I'd say a few of those were winners. Zach, do you have any chants you've had in your mind for this week? Um, Yeah, I haven't really finished this one yet. Maybe you can help me, Jonah, but... We've been doing so well at that lately, so... I really want want this one to catch on. What's the song? (laughs) song is the theme from WKRP in Cincinnati, which I can't believe hasn't been used yet because it was very catchy and I think loans itself to a chant like this. Anyway, I'm not going to change much. Here we go. So for the first time, give it a, <laughs> give it a whirl. Yeah, I've never done this first before, take. So let me try. Give it a whirl. Baby, 
If you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me. I'm living orange and blue in Cincinnati. Cincinnati loves you, FCC. Then you pick it up. Baby, if you ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me. We're living orange and blue in Cincinnati. Cincinnati loves you, FCC. Then you slow back down. Baby, if you. It's just kidding, sorry. He could, it seems to be the MO. I am surprised. It does sound like something you could expect to hear. And now I do expect to hear it. The entire Bailey, Prid Prid North, Bailey Orphans, Lenders Ladies. Dying Schlag, Mike Do, I know you're a part of that. Let's hear it. <laughs> Remember? Bulldozer. Guys, after getting beat into the pride the other week and being honored with a scarf that you laid across my bloody body, I'm wondering, what's uh, Dying Schlag all about? I don't know any of them. Are they hipper? Are they lamer? Uh, shoot us a tweet. Let me know, okay? It's okay if you're biased. I just want to know what they're all about because I know what the Prid and Prid North's about. I don't know what Dying Schlag is about, so let me know. My first one is a version of I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. I'm Coming Out, Diana Ross. You'll all be singing it soon. Bailey, big Diana Ross fans. Here we go. I'm Alan Koch. I want the world to know. I let my goatee grow. I'm Alan Koch. If you spend endless cash, then I don't coach so bad. I'm Alan! <laughs> Everyone's singing. I gotta say, we're doing pretty good this week. Next one is... Zach, I don't know if you're down with the, the kids, but you might remember it from the Mannequin Challenge. Black Beatles by Ray Sremmerd. I did a version for Jimmy McLaughlin, The Dancing Machine. That Jimmy is a real crowd pleaser Small frame but he plays so eager Young still but he's like an OG Quickly drops his shoulder all you feel are cool breezes Brad Rosenstale trying to get even Haters mad cause it looks so easy Smoke in the air, crowd screaming They start to lose it when 20 starts weaving Goalie's so scared he's not blinking what in the hell is he thinking? New game, new dances he can make. Tell Alan to put him in the game. Woo! Folks. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> baby. There's a lot of words there. <laughs> Kakarot style. Yeah, that is Kakarot style. But if you already know the tune, it'll just fit perfectly. KLR handbooks are passing out to the Bailey. <laughs> it's going to be a binder. Um, <laughs> it will be a binder. I got one more. It is. No, no, go ahead. I I was working at one, working on one at work about, God, what was the tune? It was about Jimmy getting more girls than Drake. And I didn't think it would catch on. <laughs> I had a, I was working on a few Ledesma ones. I tried to sing you my Blink-182 one. It didn't sound like it was really landing. I'll do that one first and then finish with the better one. But it was to the tune of I Miss You by Blink-182. <clears throat> it's about Ledesma being a great passer. Oh, so you know you know, I Miss You by Blink-182. The part goes like, I miss you, I miss you, after he does the part. Could you could you do that part for me? Except say <laughs> Ledesma. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can handle that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
Don't waste a shell on me. You know I'll put the ball right on your head. Ledesma, Ledesma. Don't waste a shell on me. You know I'll just score a goal instead. Ledesma, Ledesma. Folks, I know that's huge with the Legion. They're already singing it. Wow, they heard it once and it's just in their head. Okay, my last one, another Ledesma one, because, I mean, he's been tearing it up. He deserves the songs. All of you know this song, Forever Young, from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. But you probably didn't know, because I had no fucking clue. The band is Alphaville, folks. Alphaville's hit. <laughs> Living off that. I listened to some other album tracks. Not good, folks. Not good, but Forever it's Young. It's not... Uh, oh, I was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking of Rod Stewart. Oh. Forever Young. I'm sure that could be done. Rod Stewart. Let me write that down. Rod Stewart's got a lot of hits, I'm sure. <laughs> Wake up, Jimmy. I think I got something to say. All right. Forever Young. I'm going to try to do the actual key. Okay, folks? I'm just going to go for it. Ledez, my son. I want to be Ledez, my son. He can teach me how to shoot and pass it. Ledez, my son. Ledez, my son. Teach me to hold the perfect run. <laughs> I only want to live forever as Ledesma's son. <laughs> no offense, Dad. <laughs> Don't take it personally. No, that's really good. These are really good. <laughs> Folks, you thought Chance were dead. The only thing dead is your shattered expectations of Chance. No, it sucks. We've given a lot of bullshit over the weeks, but... Well, Wednesday... These, these are actually yeah. good, and I'm not joking. <laughs> Wednesday, that midweek... I mean, come on. And then Musicals was, you know... Yeah, a, we, we a got high, some... <laughs> a highbrow, high bar. We got some feedback on the uh, that episode. It was not good. Ladez, my son! <laughs> That's in the right key. No way you thought I'd nail that. Anyways, folks, as usual, nobody's done it yet, but if you have a frickin' suggestion, at us, at Knifey Lion Radio. But that's that. Zach, final thoughts. I thought Wednesday was our best game, and now Saturday was our best game. We just keep getting better and better. Yeah, I know we're out of time here, but I did want to mention, I was just on the tip of my tongue earlier, that um, we're fucking awesome now. And it's great. It's great to be a part of when we're playing good. It's just everything feels a little, little better. I know the podcast feels better to do when we're not crapping on everybody. It feels nice. The weather's nice. And I'm inside with you because that's how great I feel about the team. And for the first time in all honesty, no fibbing, all no history, lying no. in history. Jonah, you can end this one with first place. Not even joking. Ignoring game in hand because that's bull crap. First place forever. Louisville is dead forever. Their coach is going to another league. He doesn't want to be a part of this BS anymore. Rise together! Vietnam! That Jimmy is a real crowd pleaser. Small frame, but he plays so eager. Young still, but he's like an OG. Quickly chops his shoulder, all you feel are cool breezes. Brad Bruce and still trying to get even. Haters mad cause it looks so easy. Smoke in the air, crowd screaming. You start to lose it when 20 starts weaving. Goalie's so scared he's not blinking. What in the hell was he thinking? New game, new dances he can make. Till Alan to put.
again.